0: For your throne of grace, we can find mercy here always, grace to help us in our time of need. We come in empty and we leave out full when we're in your presence, and we're so thankful for that. And we bless you, Lord. Have your way. Do what you want with this time that that we have with you. And we honor you, Lord, and love you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, and amen again. So we're going to continue. We started yesterday talking about um, how to unshackle your faith, Amen. How to unshackle your faith, and uh, it's good to to let your faith loose <laughs> all the time. I was thinking the the thought came to me about somebody that maybe had a a horse tied up, and because your horse is precious and you want to hold on to it, uh, you know, and you're responsible for it, you keep it tied up till you want to use it. But your faith is different. You want to unshackle it all the time because you never know when you're going to need your faith. Amen. It it can be on a moment's notice that, that some news comes to you and you need your faith to counter that bad news or respond to it. Amen. And so it's always good to keep your faith. Uh, Brother Hagan used to say, uh, Hagan Sr., keep the switch of faith turned on. Amen. Remember that? (laughs) Amen. And sometimes you couldn't figure out what he was talking about until you really started to meditate on it. And you understand that the just live by faith. We're justified people. So we live by faith. If we try to live otherwise, there's no life there for us. You got me? There's only... Death, stagnation. When I say death, I don't mean you're going to drop dead because you don't use your faith. But things that don't amount to anything, that aren't worth pursuing, uh, usually will come to us if we step outside of our faith. Many times we just think God is not going to do it for us or fast enough. That's usually how we get outside of God's faith until you run around like a chicken with his head cut off and as they used to say, and uh, you haven't gotten anywhere <laughs> and you realize I better back up and try this faith thing, not try it, but stick with it. amen we don't try God, he's been tried already, and he's been proven, and so his word is true period of uh, forever. His word is settled in heaven. So, so we have to understand the power of God's word that, that there's nothing that you're going to find that's going to be more valuable to you or, or be more profitable for you than God's word. You know, it, it just, that's just the truth of it. So we always think there's some other new thing that comes along and then we come right back to, well, I better get in my Bible. <laughs> I better go get my word. Amen. And it's a good thing because that proves God's word. See that you don't have to go look for anything else. Amen. There's there's nothing else to pursue except pleasing God, knowing His word, <clears throat> meditating on His word, understanding His word. All of those things are very, very important for us to uh, continue to to understand, continue to move in uh continue to do the things that pertain to uh eternal life and the things that that are important to the Lord so so we're going to continue um, if you'll look at uh let's go to Luke chapter 8 uh we talked about uh the some of the uh important things about faith and How faith really needs help. Faith without works is dead. We're talking about the works or corresponding actions to your faith. And we also spoke about the corresponding action in God's creation of the earth where the, the Holy Spirit was a corresponding action in creation. Amen. And so it just like he used the holy, uh, the corresponding action In Genesis 1, he's also the corresponding action with us. He will tell you what corresponding action to take in order to prove your faith or to demonstrate your faith or put your faith in operation, put it in action. Uh, There are some things that are kind of tried and true about using your faith. Sowing seed continually, doing the will of God. You know, the Bible says after you have done the will of God, you'll receive. Well, you don't, you don't quit doing the will of God. You just continue to do it. Amen. And continue to stand on what God has given you. And so knowing that, we know that faith always must be energized by works or some corresponding action, something that's gonna get us from square one to square two a man plan a to plan B and so this this is a walk of faith uh, you walk out the initial thing God tells you to do and when that has you know given you as much result as it's going to give you then you find the next corresponding action uh, to do to uh, execute your faith and we spoke yesterday about sometimes the things that, we are given to do by God don't seem like they're related to what we think we're after amen what we what we think we want uh god will tell you to to go up go next door to a neighbor and borrow some sugar and you find out that the neighbor is is needing prayer and and they're in a bad way and all that well you didn't need any sugar but you know that's how you got in the door but if you learn how to obey God's voice, you got me? And do the things that that he tells you to do, whether you see any benefit from it or not. It may not look like it's going to get where you want to go, but but it will get you there. If your faith is behind it, and don't withhold your faith. Just do it and, and with a bad attitude. Say, I'm just going to do it anyway. That won't get you anywhere. But humble yourself to God and say, God, you know, this doesn't seem like it's going to get me where I want to go. But that seems like what you're telling me to do. Amen. It seems like the only thing to do around here. There's nothing else that seems like it's more appropriate to do. So we have to do some of these things. The worst thing you can do is park your faith. And don't start your engine up again. Amen. You you got to keep it running, amen. You must keep it running. If if no other way to stir up your faith, stir it up with the other fruit of the spirit when you worship God. You know, stir up your joy, stir up your patience, stir up all of those things, so that when you get to the point where, um, you know, you 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 can expect, you're full of expectation. If you continue to use your faith that will make you full of expectation for good. Because if you're sitting around wondering and, and thinking and, and don't know what to think and I'm not sure if it's going to happen or not, if, if you're not using your faith, you're going to get there. You will get right down there in that little pit where you're wondering, thinking, ready to try something else, What you know, whatever the enemy brings to your mind. So your faith is what keeps you alive it keeps your spirit alive. Amen. It keeps your joy alive. It keeps your expectation high. Where you expect nothing but good. God, you told me to do this and I'm going to continue to do this, you know, until you give me the next thing to do. If there's no next thing, this is this is it. Amen. <laughs> so, we have to learn to live like that because we're walking in a realm where we can't see ahead. You can only see a little bit amen it's like you're 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 walking in spotlights huh you know you uh, I remember I don't know if I should tell this I would really date myself, but uh there was a uh, uh everybody quiet so all y'all like to do is snoop in my beeswax. But back in the, in the old days when TV was first started, anybody knew an old guy named Jimmy Durante? And he would walk in a spotlight. His, his closing of his show was the spotlight would start way in the back and there would be one spotlight and he would step into that. And everything around was dark. And then they would put one more spotlight. You remember him, don't you, Chuck? and he would he would wait until the next light came on and he would step into that light and that so reminds me of walking by faith you are in total darkness until that next beam of light shows up and god shows you your next move so and he's not going to give you he they could have opened up that whole studio full of light but they chose to do it that way. Amen. And it was for a dramatic effect and, and for a, anything that they could do to keep people's attention until the end of the show. You know, that's, that's what it was about. But with us, we can't see any further. And if God showed us the whole thing at the end, we'd stay right back at spotlight number one and be scared to... Cause there's darkness all around you. You can't, you can't see anything until God opens it up to you. And it's just a wonderful thing to understand that God is taking care of us. We, we walk by faith, not by sight. You get involved in that sight business and you, you will go downhill. And you know, the minute you start walking by faith, the devil will start calling your attention to everything's visible. Well, look at this over here. This looks pretty good. You could do this. That that ain't no problem right there. You could uh uh-huh, right. You get involved with the devil and his harebrained schemes and see how far you get. Amen. You'll be out of money, out of time, out of energy, out of everything. His his stuff is expensive. Huh? I remember there was a testimony this this girl, she had gotten kept got pretty high up in the drug business. She was dealing and traveling and stuff and and, uh, you know, she had to because she had a really strong habit and, you know, you had to pay them people up and, and, uh, she got saved. Some friends of hers started ministering to her, took her to church. She got saved and God got her out of the, the drug, uh, business, you know, through a miracle. They just quit looking for her or something like that or something. And, and when she went to church and, and people were saying, um, the, the pastor was teaching on tithing and she said she said, What's that? And they explained it to her, it's a tenth of your income. You know, and the Bible says, you know, it's an honor to God. She said, Only ten percent? For what God is she said, that's much better than the dope man was. Huh? She considered it a bargain. Amen. <laughs> so she said, God worked cheaper than the dope man. That's the best deal she ever. She ever came across in her life. Amen. So you don't want to get caught up with the devil's nonsense. He very expensive. He might seem cheap at first, you know. It's like everybody who's ever taken any kind of drug and got hooked on it, they first hit was free. Be careful with that free stuff. Huh? <laughs> Because somebody gotta pay up. It's costing somebody something. Amen. And it will cost you eventually. So anyway, God wants us though to keep our faith engaged and, and get comfortable walking by faith. Get comfortable not knowing the next step until God reveals it to you. Just get comfortable with the way God does things and, and and start to instead of dreading it and thinking it's oh boy, here we go you know, that kind of stuff. Learn to keep some joy about you. Well God, you know you you you're not a man that you should lie. You're not gonna cheat me out of anything, you're not gonna leave me high and dry, you're not gonna forsake me in this. You're gonna stand with me and see me through to the end. Amen. And I will get my expected Result, Amen, and and just live like that, and understand that God's telling you the truth. He's gonna bless you, gonna heal you, gonna do all of the things He promised without fail. So here we have uh, the account of the uh, the uh, disciples and Jesus in the boat. In verse twenty-two, this is uh, Luke eight twenty-two. Now it came to pass on a certain day. That he, Jesus went into a ship with his disciples and he said to them, let us go over onto the other side of the lake. So, and they, they launched out. So everybody's in agreement. We're going across the lake. Amen. So that was the goal. That was the word. That was what the intent was. The intention is to get over on dry land. Amen. And it says, but as they sailed, he fell asleep. Amen. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him saying, and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to die. Then he arose. You ever been like that? Oh, Lord, Lord have mercy. Oh, 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 Uh oh. That's because you lost sight of what he told you. Uh-huh. You just dropped his hand. So Everything was hunky-dory while you could see him. When he wasn't asleep. When he was watching everything you were watching, so you thought. Huh? Yeah, yeah. See, there are times when God seems more engaged than other times, more real to us, I guess I could say. You know, when you pray and, and you, you first pray and you've received it and you're excited about it and you're, you're totally convinced that it's yours, you know, uh, you're fine, but two days later, when the buzz wears off, you know, and you're back in your natural self. Well, I don't know what's taking so long. You sprayed two days ago. Huh? The bill ain't due for till the end of the month. Huh? See, just because we don't see it in the bank, and for some of us, we ain't gonna never see it in the bank. Acting like you always keep a, a, a a four figure balance. Huh? Come on now. Am I right, poppy? Can I take a little sip? I'm getting a little dry here. You all insulted and stuff cause God ain't got your money right up front. Well, you had it. Last week, what you do with what you had? Well, see, I had some, yeah, we always got some stuff, huh? And God knows you got some stuff and he hears you're bawling and squalling and he will come on time. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Amen. So you need to learn how to stay, keep your little eyeballs out of your checkbook and live by faith. See them checkbooks, them, them's the devil and the, the, the bank balance account and calling in and all that stuff and keeping a tab on what you got and, and you know, you, you can go on there one day and you got four figures and the next day is almost a zero balance. Cause see, the devil holds all of that accounting till after he done showed it to your little nosy self. And then you go and spend something you think you got, but you ain't got. And then it all floods in at one time and BAM! We down to zero again. That's what you get for living by sight. See, that's walking by sight. Minute by minute, taking the pulse at your bank. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, So anyway, they said, Jesus, we about to die. Don't you care? They was even angry at him. Wake up. Well, what you want him to do? Watch you die? Huh? So they tell him to wake up. And when he got up, he rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they stopped. And there was a great calm. But this is what he asked them. He said, where is your faith? In other words, you got to be able to hold on to your faith longer than just getting in the boat and getting in the middle of the lake. I'm going to say it again. you got to be able to hold on to your faith longer than getting in the boat and getting to the middle of the lake. The middle of the lake is where the devil shows up all the time. I don't know what, what lake yours may be, but the middle of something is where he always shows up. And he starts to manip- manipulate circumstances to get you to look at what it looks like is happening and forget what God told you was going to happen. What he tell them? He said, we're going over to the other side, just like we always do. This is no different than any other road trip we take. we going to get there. Amen. I intend to get there. When he said, let us go over, that means you're included. So stay with me on this. But when he asked them where was their faith, their faith was not in the word anymore. It was in circumstances. See, it's easy to take your faith right out of God's word. I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. Instead of your blood sugar going down, it goes up. Well, we always expect it to get better. By faith. Not by sight. You know, all these people find out A lot of these tests they're giving for COVID, false positive, false this, false. And as many tests as they're giving, my goodness, there's bound to be a false something turn up sooner or later. And people living and dying based on what this insect does, you know. So it's best to just continue to live by faith. I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get her. She can't get me. I am healed, period. You understand what I'm saying? And we're going to have to live like that, folks. We can't live this wishy-washy life of sometimes we heal, sometimes we or we heal when it's something simple or easy and when it's hard. But you, you understand what I'm saying? You ain't live like that. You, The justified people, you've been justified by his blood. And his blood speaks better things. His blood, his blood speaks. You're healed. You're saved. You're whole. If you're saved, you're healed. The same operation did both of them. Amen. The only thing about salvation is we we can't see heaven, so we don't know. If, you know, the devil can't mess with that with us. So we we kind of keep our faith in that. The things that we can see that can be moved around down here on earth, we have a hard time struggle with it. But, but your faith is greater. Your faith is able. Your faith is able to withstand any kind of pressure the enemy puts on it. You put pressure on him. Amen. Put pressure on his yoke that's trying to hold you into the natural. Amen. Do it with your faith, with, with God's word. Make him let go of what he's trying to steal. Amen. Every single time. Make him let it go. Praise God. So he asked him, where's your faith? In other words, he says, I felt it when we got in the boat, but I don't feel it now. Jesus has to see your faith. He has to be able to see what you believe. So whenever you add works to what you believe... That makes your faith visible to him, Amen. So, what did he want to see out of the, the disciples? Well, number one, no fear. Oh yeah, we go get over there. Don't worry about the, the now. Nah, don't worry about all this water coming in the boat, boys. We go get there. But that's what you do. If you believe God, you continue to say what He says. Amen. You know, there, there's some, some hard situations. You know, the Bible is full of hard situations where people had to continue for a long time in difficult situations. Turn to Acts chapter 27. I think I'll turn there now because I like our boy Paul. Of course, nobody wants to be him. I don't either, you know, but hey, it's nice to know if you ever get there, it's possible. And who says we won't get there at some point? Yeah, Acts 27. <clears throat> and it says here, <clears throat> a lot of things happen. Paul told him before they left, you know, he said, I don't think we should leave. Cause this, he prophesied to him, he, he said, it's gonna, it's not gonna be good. It says here in verse 17, when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship, fearing lest they should fall into quicksands, struck sail, and so were driven. So they're not even guiding the ship anymore. They're just out there. And we being exceeding tossed with a tempest, the next day they lighten the ship, so they're tossing stuff out. The third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. Now that's enough to scare anybody. I mean, where were they? They didn't even know. And no small tempest lay on us. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, fasting, no food, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, sirs, You should have listened to me (laughs) and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. So the ship's a total loss. For there stood by me this night the angel of the Lord whose I am and whom I serve. So this wasn't no familiar spirit, wasn't a ghost. I wasn't hallucinating. And he said, fear ye not, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. See, it's good to have people in your midst that have a mandate on their life to keep going, to live another day. Amen. To pray another prayer, to do another something. Somebody with some reserved faith in them and, and God's sovereignty determined to get them where they're supposed to go. So Paul is the one person that God put on that ship to get where he's got to get. And because he's there, everybody else is going to get there if they can see The rest of it is a bonus because God could have had that angel transport Paul, but Paul interceded for everybody on the boat. Come on now. He said, fear not, Paul, you must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God has given you all them that sail with thee. Why'd God give them to him? Because he asked for them. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. See, this is this is what separates the, the novices from the mature saints. You're not just praying for you all the time. We get upset because we don't get our stuff. Sometimes the way to pray is pray for somebody else too. You help them get their needs met and God will help you get yours done. He said, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. This is what the disciples should have said. It will be even as you told us, Jesus. Sleep on. You need your rest. We don't know what you're facing when you get off this boat, but we believe that it will be even as you told us. This is what you tell the devil when he starts picking at you about he ain't gonna get. Who you think you are asking? Oh, asking God for a whole lot today. He ain't gonna give. He didn't hardly give you that you got last time. Took all the prayer you had. To get that little bit of stuff you got. Huh? He ain't going to get this. <laughs> no, devil. I believe it's going to be even as he told me. Even as he said in his word. And I said yes and amen to his word. Amen? It's going to be even as he told me. Amen? And that's where you stand. You don't have to go any further than that. So here are the disciples, Jesus asking where's their faith and they, they're focused on the fact that he spoke to that stuff and it stopped moving. They still don't know who he is. See, if they marvel at what he did to get control over that ship, they probably don't put a whole much more stock in his word than they did. When bad circumstances come up. You know the first time Jesus sent the disciples out to pray for the sick. And cast out devils and stuff. They believed what he said. Because the report they brought back. Oh they were excited. They said oh even the devils are subject to us. We had a good time. Everything. Well when you first go out. You know. There's a grace on you not to get discouraged first time out. Amen. That song a uh, uh, big tone was sing. He said, "Remember when you you what was it? You finally got something. You were so you had nothing, and then you, you know you finally got something. Put a big smile on your face when he answered your prayer. That kind of stuff. That that's what God gives us so that we don't get discouraged. But there is a place where that that." basic faith is not going to cut it anymore and he knows it so we got he got to put it up against a little obstacle you got it it's got to get stronger you when you got saved you 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 entered into to a faith a basic level of faith you believed that that you won't go to hell when you die but you're a long way from dying you understand what I'm saying so it's kind of easy to believe for the sweet by and by when you in the right now. Amen. But that faith comes into us. And we we are certain, you know, and the devil would mess with you on that. You ain't going to heaven. Look at how much you still cussing. Look at what you're doing. Amen. And we finally overcame that. So we're settled on we belong to God. We're settled on heaven as our home. But then there comes a time when you got to step out and believe God for things that you cannot see that you need right here on earth. And that's when the pressure comes. See, that's when the devil gets a little vice in us. He can, can manipulate us. Well, look at, look at, where's your God now? What's, what's he doing now? Look at you. You you ain't got this, you ain't got that, you ain't got the other. (laughs) Amen. So that's the test. See, that's the press. Your, your faith has to master Every obstacle that comes up that says no, that says it won't happen, that says it can't happen or says it won't happen for you, might happen for somebody else, but not you. But what's wrong with me? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it ain't about me. It's about the fact that Jesus paid for me. Amen. So I have very little to do with this. God's looking at my faith. He's looking at the blood. He's looking at everything supernatural that I have going in my favor. So, But he will deposit it in my life because I believe in my heart. See, God stops at the door of your heart to deposit what it is that you're asking for. So as long as you got faith in your heart for that thing, and you know that you you received what God has for you, you believed it when you prayed, and you say god i received that that's mine thank you and you go on about your merry way see that's how you receive from god you receive with your confession just like you ask with your confession you do everything with your with your words amen so god has I a, think a a, a a guaranteed way i've i've seen this and heard it and it does follow mark 11:23 um, and and that is, I know Brother Hagan received this in a vision. He had a vi- Jesus visited him in a vision, and he was asking about a teaching that he has done, had done, and he said, "Lord, I've taught it a couple different ways, but I'm I'm thinking there's more to it than what I know." And could you tell me? And the Lord said, "Yeah, there is another message you can get out of that." And he said, uh, he said. In fact, I will give you a guaranteed way for all believers to get exactly what they desire. And he said, the first step is to say it. To say. Amen. First is to say. Second part is to do. Third part, to receive. And the fourth part is to tell. So if you go down to Luke, and and we'll see this in this scripture, Luke chapter 8 again, and verse 40, we'll start in 43. It says, and a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which has spent all her living on physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? When everybody denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, everybody's touching you. And you keep asking us who touched you. And Jesus said, somebody touched me because I perceived virtue, power, or strength went out of me. And we need to understand that, that Jesus is the source of everything that you need And when you get your answer, it's because virtue and power have gone out of him to you. Amen? By way of the Holy Spirit. And so, because he is the author and finisher, he's the high priest over your confession. He ministers over all of our words. And so, he wants us to speak words that will draw blessings to us. Instead of And if you don't say blessing words and try to say nothing, not a blessing will come to you. So you can't clam up and pretend like, yeah, I don't say nothing bad. I didn't say I didn't say uh, I couldn't have whatever, you know. Don't be afraid to use your mouth, but get in the Bible and have something good to bring out of it. Amen. And that's you can't cheat in this. You got to know the word. You got to devote yourself to the things of God at least, you know, to to the point where you can get your faith stirred up for the things that you know are, are yours. And so uh, he felt virtue went out of him. When the woman saw she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was immediately healed. And he said to her, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. In other words, go and this thing will never come on you anymore. You got me? You got the whole deal done. So she first, what, said it. Said it within herself, if I can just touch him. Or she probably said it over and over so many times by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. She knew she couldn't go up to him. She's unclean, can't ask him to touch her. He's a holy man. Come on now. They're under the law still. Jesus is fulfilling the law as he ministers and revealing the kingdom to people. So there's a transition here where when he steps in, the law is fulfilled and people can receive what they need by faith. You got me? And so here he's he's working with her to complete her faith. See, if he's the author and the finisher of her faith, where did her faith start? When she heard of Jesus. Amen. That's where her faith started. So he started her faith. He authored her faith. He authors all believers faith folks. He's the king of it all. Master of it all. And so it says here. She. She heard of Jesus. And she came behind him. And touched the border of his garment. And immediately. Her issue of blood stopped. Immediately when she was healed. Jesus knew that she had touched him. I'm going to turn to. Let me see. uh, Mark 5 real quick. So I can show you how she started. How she got her faith. Amen. Just. (laughs) Okay. Matthew 5. Mark five twenty seven. it says here, and when she had heard of Jesus, she got faith inside of her that he would heal her. Amen. So hearing first, then the faith is deposited. And faith comes by hearing, folks. Every time you hear the word of God, unless you say that ain't true. <laughs> you got me? Nobody saved thinks that. Once your, your, your spirit is born again, your spirit is hungry for more. You know, you can barely go a day without getting in your word. You understand what I'm saying? Unless you forget that you're saved for a day or, you know, just bad habits and you haven't developed the habit yet of, of regularly seeking God, but you get low on fuel and you run back to your Bible. But nobody can keep you out of that Bible once you, once it's helped you one time and you know you need help again, you rush up in there every single time you can. And so she, she, first she heard, she got faith in her that Jesus would do this. Then she spoke it out. If I can just touch, I will be whole. If I can do this, I'll get my healing. If I can do this, I'll get my healing. Amen? If I can believe I receive when I pray, I'll get it. That's the way we do it now. And so when she got there, she touched him, and she knew immediately, so she received it. Amen? Many times when we get the Word of God in us, we can say, I receive it. So when you pray, according to Mark eleven twenty three, believe you receive it when you pray. So what do you do? God, I thank you for healing me, and I receive it right now by faith in Jesus' name. You just confess, I receive it. Amen? Now, a lot of times people think that's just something to say. But it's a real transaction in the Spirit. And sometimes, unless you say you receive it, you'll walk away in doubt still, after you prayed. Anybody ever been there? Amen. So you need to remind yourself, Lord, I received my healing when I prayed. And I thank you that the rest of it is on the way. The rest of it, it will be just as you told me. Amen. It will be, and my my limbs will be normal. I will get uh, my healing. My the rest of this will come. Amen. It it's just got to come. If you got part of it, you go get the rest of it. Amen. You 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 got the peace of God on the inside of you that you received it by faith. So the rest of it's got to come. Amen. You got to get the rest of it. And so, um, anyway, so that's the woman with the issue. So she demonstrates that you these four steps are valid. You hear about Jesus, faith is in your heart, and you say what you believe. Amen? Then you do what you need to do. She touched the hem of his garment. Amen? She received it, said she had a knowing on the inside of her that she was healed. Amen. And then she told. Amen. She shared what God had done for her. And, and she went viral. Amen. We mentioned that once before. Amen. Everybody started doing it after, after she did it, she started a thing. Can you imagine the people, the mob, after she told this right there in that crowd of people? All the people that would come up and touch Jesus and get healed. And as he would walk the streets after that, as many as touched him, were made totally, perfectly whole. Amen? Because she was able to, to demonstrate to them and share with them exactly what happened. And then Jesus verifies it. He validates it. He tells her, go in peace. In other words, I'm not mad at you. The, the priests in the temple ain't going to be mad at you. Nobody's mad at you because everybody knows now that you're healed. Now I know that that um, many times Jesus would do things to settle people on their healing. So don't don't ever be fearful that you're going to lose your healing once you get it, because that's a good way to lose it. And see, He takes the fear when she when it says she went up trembling. She was scared. She was scared he was would rebuke her that she did the wrong thing or that somehow this wouldn't last. She wasn't sure what she was scared of, but she knew she wasn't supposed to be discovered in her mind. And Jesus told her, "No, you did the right thing. Don't be afraid. You did you you go in peace." Amen. Just nobody's after you. Nobody's going to try to hurt you or anything. And I believe he did that to settle her healing in her heart. Even though she knew within herself she was healed. But see, there's still this thing where she's got to call herself unclean. She's been doing that all along. Well, what, what do you think will happen to you if you get healed and then you start confessing you're sick again? Come on now. See, this whole thing's gotta be cleaned up for her. She's gotta know it's okay with God the way she did that, and she'll call herself unclean no more because the high priest over her confession, the Melchizedek priest, has declared her, he's over Levi, okay? He's higher than Levi. So those priests that, that tell her to call herself unclean, he just negated anything they would tell her. Amen? Amen. Because he fulfills the law as he goes along. Amen. So anyway, so that's the woman with the issue of blood. Um, We need to understand that sowing seed that's doing the will of God. is the same thing. After you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. Seed sowing is always the will of God. Sowing seeds of righteousness is always the will of God. If there's something you desire to come forth in your life, you need to ask God to receive seeds that you sow as an offering toward what you desire amen and oftentimes it's it's like things that that you you do for people um like prayer uh, there's no reason you should lack. Any, If you are a person that prays and you're assigned to prayer by God, there's no reason you should ever lack anybody who will either partner with you, intercede for you, or strengthen you in your time of need. So you'll always have somebody undergirding you because those seeds you sow of prayer have, have, have racked up in your account and you can withdraw from that. Anytime you need to. Amen. You won't be one of these people on Facebook who's begging for people to pray for them and don't even know people anymore who can pray. Amen. And so God, God sees what you do and those seeds you sow will abound to your account. Amen. It's the same thing with anything else that we need. Uh, if you, if you want a new wardrobe, go look in your closet and sow some of the stuff you have back there already. And pretty soon it comes rolling in real nice. Um, Sandy Brown who's an evangelist, she was with us in our first conference many years ago. Uh, she doesn't preach mother health hadn't been good um, for many years, but when she started out, she knew that she was called to uh, to a worldwide ministry, but she was mentored by another woman, Elizabeth Pruitt. And Elizabeth was a very powerful uh, prophetess in, in signs, wonders, and miracles and things of that nature. And she was very strong in the Word, knowledgeable about the Word. Uh, she was a pastor of a church. And Sandy would go over to Elizabeth's house and for free she would clean her house. She's a very good house cleaner. She'd clean her house and she would take care of her children. And she told the Lord, she said, I'm sowing this seed, so when I need somebody to help me after I start working for you full time. She was doing nothing for God at the time. She was in Rhema Bible School. And she always witnessed to people. She, you know, moved supernaturally with God and that kind of stuff. But it was a believer's ministry that she had. But she was sowing toward the day when she would be in ministry herself full time. Now, there's a key here to success in ministry if people will listen to it, but you might have five people out of a thousand would would do this because most people don't think that's what it takes. Most people just think they're waiting for some preacher who's got a church to die so they can step up in the pulpit. Or they're waiting for some other way for them to, to just step into it. Well, you don't step into anything. You sow your way into it. You let God see your faith. you got to apply your faith to it. When you're sitting waiting and, and, and imagining yourself being somewhere, you're not sowing anything. Probably not even praying for any sick people you know or anything like that. Just sitting waiting expecting it to come out of, I guess, hatch it like an egg or something. It don't hatch like an egg. And so she sewed. and when she was ready to step into ministry, she said, I never lacked for qualified, capable, responsible people to take care of my children. She said, and I could go and leave for two months and go to seven different countries and and come back, and there was always a good report. About my family. And they were taken care of. You see what I'm saying? So there's a corresponding action. To everything that we are looking for God to do for us. Amen. Now you've got to. You know so. When I I, I was in a, a women's ministry. I sold into that ministry for four years. You understand what I'm saying? I didn't just jump up and decide. I'm going to have a, a Bible study in my house. Or get a bunch of people. They might come for a minute, but they get sick of you, and they move on Some to the next place that, where somebody thought they were going to do something for God. Do you understand what I'm saying? So these things, there's a plan and a pattern to everything that we do in God's kingdom. And seed time and harvest as long as the earth remains. Amen. Seed time and harvest, summer, summer and winter, all of that, it will remain. So that's just a law of God, and you can't negate it. You need to be sowing while you're sitting up waiting on something magical to happen. Amen? Just sit up and wait for something to drop in your lap. Amen? If it drops in your lap, it probably could drop in anybody's lap. It's not special for you. So if God has a work for you to do, you know, the works that we do, they're preordained from the foundation of the earth. We're not just doing stuff as we go along. Amen may seem like that, but God has already decided, you know, if you, if you pass somebody in a, a supermarket and pray for them, God saw you praying for that people way back before the foundation of the earth. Amen? It, it just is like that. Jesus is, is in charge of things. We're not in charge. We may want them to go a certain way, but that's not how they're gonna go. So anyway. That was the one with the issue of blood. In John 4, John 4, 4, Uh start in verse 43. And this is the man that was really put to the test and and I like this because it demonstrates the power of faith uh, against obstacles. You know, kind of like over the long haul a little bit. Uh, verse 43, now after two days he departed thence and went into Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. And and when he was come to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast, for they also went to the feast. And, and so Jesus came again unto Cana of Galilee. So he's talking about turning the water into wine, remember? Where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. And when Jesus, then Jesus said to him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The nobleman said to him, sir, please come. My child is going to die. Jesus said, go your way. Your son is alive. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken to him and went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son's alive. Then he inquired of them the hour when he began to amend. And he said to him, Yesterday, at about the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was the same hour that Jesus told him, Your son's alive, and he believed him. The important thing is that he mixed his faith with Jesus' word. Amen. He mixed his faith with his word. Jesus is seeking, now why didn't Jesus go with him? That's what he wanted. Amen. He went with this, uh, the, the, he went with Jairus to his house. Amen. His daughter was at the point of death. Hand, 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 hint. Anybody pick it up? Why didn't he go with him? No, he went with Jairus. He went with one guy. Why didn't he go with this guy? Huh? Well, yeah, but the thing of it is, God wants to develop your faith for your situation. And see, we can't get into copycat faith and think because God did it this way for somebody who's going to do the same way for us all the time. You got to go get your individual and see what this guy wanted. He wanted off the hook for believing because he said, Jesus, you come with me. Well, as long as you got Jesus with you, you leaning on him you're not believing him taking him at his word and see Jesus had already made the the um, uh, the uh, centurion with his servant he had already made him a high example he said this he said I've never seen faith like this from anybody in Israel this man is a Gentile and he's willing to take me at my word Amen? Jesus wants everybody on the Word. He sent His Word and healed them. Amen? It's the Word that heals. It's not Him being physically there with you doing this stuff. Why you got to work Jesus to death? That wasn't no cakewalk. That wasn't down the street. That took a day. They said the next day the man showed up. And his people were on the road to meet him. He didn't, in a a whole overnight, he didn't even make it all the way home yet. So what's he going to do all the way there? Just let Jesus believe and he just along for the ride. Huh? It's true. Yep. And Jesus told him, unless you see something, you don't want to believe. In other words, you want lazy faith. You want to see it first, and then say, oh yeah, he did it, cool, you know, and go on your way. And Jesus looks at this man, he says, no, you have the power to believe me. He said, you go home, your son's alive. He didn't say your son is going to live, he said your son is alive now. As we speak. And that's what carried him all the way. Knowing that his son was alive at that time. See, if you know something's already done, you get excited about getting there to get it. Amen? So that lightens your journey. If you know, it's terrible to have to wait for everything and then see it and then believe. That's why God gives us faith. (laughs) So we can believe first. And you're not dragging like a, a, you know, <laughs> a burdened little thing. You're just, oh, I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know what it's going to be like when I, oh Lord, what's it going to be like when I, I don't know what it's going to be like when it. he said, your son's alive. Go home. Hmm? Yep. And it said the man believed him. Huh? That's all he needed to do. And that faith in him came alive. For the son to be there. And he found out. He said, man, that Jesus is something else. He told me at this time yesterday, my boy was alive and they saw him come back to life at exactly the same time. Amen. So, you know, he's going to go tell it. Amen. You know, he's going to go tell it. It's probably been told already the people who were there. His servants came to meet him and told him the boy was alive. So the testimony is being spread even before he got there and was able to see it himself. So Jesus showed him, I don't have to go anywhere with you. You got what you need. You got faith inside of you. You don't have to see anything first. You can believe first and then you will see. Amen. Amen. That's that's the heavenly pattern. You believe first, and then you see. You don't see anything, and then you believe. You're believing with your sight, and that's not going to... You're going to need that faith activated one day <laughs> it was for something. Amen? <laughs> so anyway, all right. So in Luke 5, we have another example. How am I doing on time, Miss Nola? 19 minutes? Woo-wee! Look what I could do in 19 minutes. Okay, Luke chapter 5. Start in verse 12. And it came to pass, when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus... Let me see if this is the one I want to do. Yeah. Who seeing Jesus fell on his face and asked him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he charged him to tell no man, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing according to what Moses commanded as a testimony unto them. But so much the more the fame went abroad about him and great multitudes came together, etc., etc. And so here we see Jesus healing a man. He, he goes to him and he asks in faith. And the only problem he has is if Jesus is willing to heal him now this is this is something that really does have to be addressed because many times this is where the enemy steals from us it's is we know it's the will of God to heal because we see it in the Bible all the time, but will he do it for me see when it when it comes to it being personal to you, it gets to be a totally different issue, and then all the the thoughts will start coming to you of what you don't do enough. What you didn't do and how you fell down on the job and, and all of that will stop bombarding you. And the enemy really never lets up. You know that, you're going to have to learn how to press past that mental onslaught, that attack in your brain about it's not your time or this isn't right or, or that's not right. And, and all of the delay tactics. That the enemy will put there. And so he asked Jesus if he's willing. Now a leper would ask that because they're shunned, they're rejected, they're cast aside. Amen. And, and they, he wants to know, are you willing to touch me? Are you willing to Answer me. I'm I'm like at the bottom of everything around here. I I've, I've been trying to get my healing and haven't been able to get it, and you're kind of like my last resort. Well, Jesus doesn't care if he's your last resort or not. Amen. He's not insulted by the fact that you went everywhere else first. See, faith is faith. When faith shows up, that's all he's looking for. He don't care how long it took you to get your act together and really believe him. Huh? So he says, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. But Jesus told him this. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Huh? It's the same thing with the woman with the issue. Before Jesus let her tell anybody, she had to tell him all the truth. And then he had to get it firm in her that she was healed. And she was entitled to be healed. And she could hold on to her healing. It's the same thing with him. Anybody who has a reputation... Like your illness has given you a reputation. You have to be careful who you share good news. Because they're so accustomed to seeing you. See, the leper gets shunned by everybody. And if they push him into a corner again and convince him that he's not clean, he hasn't been anywhere yet to get his healing established and get it finalized. So he has to go to the priest and let the priest examine him and then declare him clean. And that way he can keep his healing. Then he tells him this man has been cleaned. Go out into their home and make sure all that they had to wash everything down and make sure everything in the house was sanitized and, and presentable. It was a whole thing that needed to be done to get them accepted back into the general congregation of the righteous. Amen. So with the leper, it's a little bit different than this lady with the issue of blood. See, Jesus could tell her Go your way and don't be afraid. You did the right thing by coming here and touching me. It's okay. Fear not. Your faith made you whole. And so when she knows it's her faith, she knows that's a permanent part of her. So all she has to do is hold on to it by faith. Just keep walking and living. You know, as you go and you establish a normal lifestyle again, Your healing gets more firm in you. It gets more established in you. If you've been apart from society and a recluse and set apart from people, it gets to be a little bit difficult to get back reintroduced again. You've got to get reintroduced into your normal routine. Because when you're healed, that means you have a certain lifestyle of a healed person. You're not shunned and in the back room and all that kind of stuff so jesus has to do that with the leper just like he did it with the woman with the issue i give you permission now to go about a normal life routine and not be put back into that label of being unclean and then this illness come back on you again see you you got to start now thinking like a healed person You've got to start moving your joints like a heal person. You've got to start doing what heal people do and don't stop. Amen? And so the more you can do the action of a healed person. See, that's the corresponding action. For this leper guy, the corresponding action was to go show yourself to the priest. And let him clear you of this leprosy and you can be reintroduced into society and go live your normal life. If he hadn't done that, what, what would be his, his recourse? He'd have to start hiding from the priest every time. See, I I think I got healed, but I can't, you know, I can't go and show anybody because I don't know if I am yet or not. So the law was that you had to show your priest had to verify your healing if you were a leper. You got me? And so he gets his healing verified. Amen. Jesus did the same thing with the ten lepers. Amen. Go show yourself to the priest. Amen. They were under the law. So for their benefit, Jesus had them obey the law. See, there's a place where the law can help you or it can keep you locked into your old identity. And so once he, he Satisfies the law, then the law frees him up from being a, a a recluse and somebody who wasn't supposed to be around people. So that's why Jesus had them do that, even though he operated out of a higher law, amen, than the law of Moses. But there were things he did for the people involved. You go your show yourself to the priest, but because I don't want you walking around. Feeling like you gotta hide from anybody or feeling unclean or with that stigma still on you, you go to the priest and get the stigma removed so that you can be a functioning person of society again. So everything that Jesus does with these people has a purpose. Amen. It has its own purpose in what he's doing. Amen. In Luke 13, if you'll turn there, 13 and verse. Let me see. Ah, I don't have the right one. I'm looking for the blind man that went and washed in the pool. Not looking for the city where the pool was. Anybody got it? Yeah, John. Okay, John Nine. Thank you. Let me correct that. Okay. This is the man born blind. In verse 1, Jesus, as he passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Amen. And, you know, really Jesus should have slapped them into tomorrow. Because they sound just like the Pharisees, don't they? So while he's working with his disciples, he's getting religion off of them, and legalism, and nonsense. What difference does it make who did what? This man's blind. He wants to see. Amen. So mercy says it doesn't matter. And Jesus said, neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Amen. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. He said, in other words, I got time to go through his family history. And it does it's not going to change what I'm going to do for him anyway. Amen. He said, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which by interpretation means sent. And he went his way therefore and washed and came back seeing. The neighbors therefore, as they, which, and they that, which before had seen him that he was blind said, is this not him that sat and begged? He's not begging anymore. Some said, this is he. Others says he's like him. He says, I am him. So there's a controversy because this miracle has made such a drastic change in this man. Amen. And it's another clue too. Nobody notices what a blind person looks like. They didn't pay any attention to him. Is this him? Looks like him. Well, I never looked at him that close. Got me? And so he answered and said, a man that is called Jesus made clay, anointed my eyes and said to me, go wash in the pool. And, and I went and washed and I received my sight. And he said to him, where is he? And he said, I don't know. They brought the Pharisees (laughs) to him. So this is why Jesus, this is, is, this is why we need the after teaching when you get something from God you know you need to understand some things about how you got what you got huh make note of it don't just run off with the goods amen you need to understand what you did right to make that thing it didn't just fall in your lap because i prayed you you don't know what happened to to make that happen and so you need what i call some some after faith schooling You know, to go get sober, get off your drunken high of of getting something from God and go get sober and get some understanding of how this happened for you. And so Jesus then, after a, a period of time, you can see where the Pharisees try to steal his healing from him by questioning. That's why many times Jesus would tell him. Don't talk. Don't tell anybody. You got this from me. Don't tell anybody how you got it, because you tell it to the wrong people, and they're gonna try and talk you out of it. Talk is sometimes your your confession is sometimes your best friend, but it can create a nightmare for you if it's done as slightly in the flesh. Any kind of you know, because you get something from God, and and you, you get all kind of reactions from people. Half the people are happy and half of them, who you think you are, scornful. Amen? And so it's the scorners you gotta, and you never know who they're going to be until you open your mouth. Amen? So it's best to obey the Lord. But, but he said go and wash. So the corresponding action for this guy was to walk to that pool and wash his eyes. He did not see until he washed his eyes. So how did he get to the pool? His faith in the best way he could. You understand what I'm saying? But his faith propelled him to obey the command. See, if he had started seeing before he got there, he'd have detoured and went to Chick-fil-A or Huh? Or Chipotle or some of them other lays. Huh? And see, sometimes you can 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 get an incomplete healing of incomplete faith and get a little bit better and think you got it all and walk off and forget the rest of it. God wants you to have it all. You want to have it all. You don't just want to feel better, you want to be like you were fifteen years ago before you before you met that accident or injury. Amen, You want the whole thing, and God wants us to have the whole thing so So just understand that there are certain laws there are corresponding actions to demonstrate your faith. The Holy Ghost will tell you what they are, and if something comes to mind that you can do like sow and seed and and in making making it it facilitate what you what you're doing, then do those things. But but until the Holy Spirit gives you something specific, just keep serving heaven, you know, just do what you know you to do for God. Don't change. You know, do your prayer. Do your everything that you usually don't. Don't get sidetracked. Don't get derailed. Because you have a need in your life. Just allow God to, to let you step into those things by faith. But faith is definitely the answer. You will always get the reward if you continue in faith. Amen? Alright, why don't we stop. Father, we thank you for your word, for understanding. Thank you for all the good things that you're giving us by your holy word. Your written word. Your rhema word that word that comes to us when we need it most. So, Lord, we thank you, we bless you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you. Praise God.